First live video ever from Louisiana. I'm really pumped to be here. There must be a culture or something. I'm really excited to try some southern food and all that stuff. Uh, but you know what? As I was working on the plane, I um, I, so I traveled around this country. I posed a question at the beginning of the class. We start going over case law. And I've had this thought all the time to do a video about this to try to help you guys correct and reroute your decision making in, in the field and how you're performing. Terry frisks or hat frisks of people. And I'm going to take about two minutes to explain to you what you're doing wrong, no worries, and how you should do it right. And that'll, that'll fix the problem for the rest of your life. Um, you know, commonly in class, I'll ask everybody when, to raise their hand if they, when they have somebody step out of a car, how many of you pat frisk people automatically as soon as you have them step out of a car on the side of the roadway, a traffic stop, whatever it may be. And commonly, quite a few people raise their hands and go, so I'll say to them, so you're telling me, every person that steps out of your car, you're patent frisking for weapons. Now bear with me here. Don't jump down my fucking throat yet. Okay, nobody's telling you not pat frisk people for weapons. I'm telling you to do it legally. So my response to everybody is, is okay, well, do you follow Terry V. Ohio? What did Terry V. Ohio say? And a prerequisite, which allows you constitutionally to pat frisk somebody, which is a form of a search, must be a reasonable belief or a reasonable suspicion that the person is armed and dangerous. There's several circumstances that can reflect that, maybe following a fight call, prior history of known to carry weapons. Um, there's a lot of circumstances that can dictate your totality of the circumstances, which would give you uh, the ability to pat frisk or terry frisk somebody. But you automatically don't have a right, I don't care what fucking state you're in, automatically don't have a right to pat frisk people when they come out of cars. It's a U.S. Supreme Court ruling. You must follow it. You may have learned from your FTO. You may have had it happen. We found things and nothing ever happened before. But I can promise you that every state that I go to start research case law, there's a case of a police officer pat frisking people and it getting suppressed. How do you fix it? Ready? I don't just give you half the fucking answer. How do you fix it? You can just ask people, hey, can I pat frisk you for weapons? Can I check you when you're outside of the car for the New Jersey people and for the people in other states where there's a requirement of a refusal or a right to refuse? You have to advocate that to folks. But tactically, what I would tell you is, as you're asking, move in as if you're going to Pat Frisk for them. And oftentimes people will say like, yeah, go ahead, do it, because they think you're already somewhat in that action. Okay. Um, also, when you ask somebody, hey, do you have any weapons on you? Would you mind if I check? If they do, they'll often look or put their hand to where it is, and a gesture like that may be enough to allow you to terry frisk or pat frisk somebody. But you have to get better at case law. Understand what was read in Terry v. Ohio. Run Terry v. Ohio and Google Scholar against your state's case law. I promise you you're going to find something that backs up and solidifies what I say. So I'm not telling you to not pat frisk people. I'm saying just do it legally, right? Because I'm not going to hang my hat on somebody in here not pat frisking somebody because I told you not to. I'm telling you, keep doing it. Just ask the question. That'll fix the problem. That'll fix it legally. You know, yeah, you won't get shot. If you're not going to ask people, yeah, you won't get shot in the face, but you get a gun suppressed or some other item suppressed. Um, you know, don't blame me. Don't wonder 
hey, why did this happen? I'm telling you why it happened now, right? Secondly, if you are going to find things as a, where you're Terry frisking somebody for weapons and you run across something that you believe is a item of contraband, you must immediately identify it. So listen to the language I'm telling you. Check your state's case on this. But for New Jersey and other states, you have to have an immediate recognition that as soon as you touched it, you recognized it as the item for which it was. So if you're doing a Terry Frisk for weapon, you come across an item, maybe it's a crack pipe. Without manipulating it and moving it around, you would have to know as soon as you touched it, it was immediately apparent that it was a crack pipe. Remember that language. Remember how to apply it. Don't be stupid, right? So read case law. And I'm reading it. I'm reading Mississippi case law. I'm like, man, I wonder how many people don't know the stuff that I'm going to teach in Mississippi. And it's it's not hard to read. And I'm trying to push it. I'm constantly bullish on it because it is the fundamental value of where your career is going to go and how you're going to manipulate through the rough waters of law enforcement. Legally, knowing what you can do and how to just go, okay, we can't do it that way. We got to do it this way. That fixes the problem. That will save you from embarrassment. It will save you from having things suppressed and opening up for litigation and knowing case law is fundamentally the most important thing for you to know as a law enforcement officer. Obviously, tactics and being safe and all that other stuff and then interdiction comes into play and being able to be most effective as a police officer. But don't believe me? Go look up your state's case law. So instead of everybody having just Terry frisking people, I mean, I was at a class one time and a guy says, on our state, we're allowed to Terry frisk people when we come out of the car. And I was like, no, you can't. He's like, yeah, you can. I'm like, no, you can't. It doesn't, you cannot carry frisk people without a reasonable belief that they're armed and dangerous. You want to add different circumstances in, that's fine. But you just cannot terry frisk or pat frisk people. And also know when you're authorized to terry frisk versus search. Here's a common one in New Jersey. For example, this is a this is what when I read a piece of or somebody's report and they write language like this, I know I'm dealing with somebody who literally has never looked at a fucking second of case law in their life. In New Jersey, under State versus Judge 1994, we are allowed to search people inside of a vehicle when the car smells like weed. Not a pet frisk for weapons, a complete search like incident to arrest. You're looking for the product of the, of the, or the source of the smell when it smells like marijuana. You're allowed to check the car and the people, right? And then we have scope of search. Don't get ahead of me here with that. Uh, read State versus Nishina. And here's a perfect example. State versus Nishina happened in Colts Neck in like 2001 or something like that. And a sergeant detects the odor in Coltonek PD, says it right in there, of marijuana on somebody's clothing. Uh, so he does a pat frisk. And the courts kind of laughed in their consent decree and said, even though the sergeant conducted a pat frisk for safety, in all reality, he could have searched the gentleman or the person, Mr. Nishina, like as if he was searching him incident to arrest. Because he was allowed to actually search him, that Pat Frisk was authorized because it was less further of an intrusion than the actual search. So when I see people write things like, yeah, so they smelled like marijuana, so he took them out of the car and Pat Frisked them. I know that this person has not spent one second, probably knows how to fucking beat 12 games of Angry Birds, can probably jump on Netflix and, and binge watch Game of Thrones on a Saturday, but literally gets to work and writes dumb shit in reports. When did people smoking weed equate to armed and dangerous? So use your brains. Pat frisking and searching are two different things. When I read your reports, I know where you're at. Legally, I get you don't know a lot of things. I'm trying to help you. I cannot give you everything in law enforcement, but 
I'm giving you advice. You can read your state's case law. It reads, for me, it's like addicting. I can't stop reading it because then I come to Mississippi and I can give you 31 pieces of case law that will essentially change the dynamic of how things are being done. It starts like a virus. That's sort of how it happens. It just, the conversation begins and it starts to spread. Sometimes it hits some brick walls for people with securities uh, issues that they are, we don't follow what like whatever the fuck you want to think. But it, I'm trying to be put a lot of emphasis on you guys doing things right because when you do things correctly and legally, oh man, it looks good on paper and it looks good in court. And it's even better when you can school and educate everybody in the courtroom as a police officer. And you should be able to do that. Self-educate. See who? Yeah, I'm in Mississippi. Right? Are you here? See?